I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. So, the fun topic of Christmas. <laughs> you know, we see this every year, year after year, at this time, Christmas versus Yule, and what we should do with Christmas, and the way the Christians stole Yule, and the pagan celebrations, and the pagan holidays, and all this. And it carries on and on and on. And I was recently saw somebody uh, mention that uh, we should ban Christmas in the Southern Hemisphere because it's not the winter solstice here. Um, I get it, I do. Um, but you know, why should we remove a celebration from some people just because we disagree with that? Uh, it's just you know one side fighting the other again we come back to it and we know i mean this is how war starts really you know you've got one party that says um i'm right you should be doing it my way and the other party says no i'm right and you should be doing it my way and it carries on back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and nobody nothing gets resolved and it just carries on um you know i think if we kind of like and just accepted that we don't all see eye to eye then maybe maybe some of us could actually sit down and discuss things you know like adults um and actually come to some kind of resolution and understanding and gain some tolerance that's a good word tolerance um so let's have a look at christmas uh is it even associated with the solstice all right, so Christmas is on the 25th of December, and because it's so close to the solstice, we always associate it with the solstice, and we say that because it was a pagan holiday to begin with, therefore it's associated with the solstice, and it should be Yule, it should not be Christmas, and in the Southern Hemisphere, the seasons are switched, so, you know, it's midsummer here at the moment, it's not Yuletide. So why do we celebrate it? Um, because it's not a holiday. It's Christmas is not a pagan holiday. It's a Christian holiday. And the origins of it are very convoluted. And they probably had extremely little, if absolutely nothing, to do with the solstice. It was all purely a political move. So... We often hear the story about how Christ is associated with Mithra, Mithras, sorry, Mithras. Um, and I'm emphasizing that for a particular reason. Um, we, we say that we hear the stories that Christ is associated with Mithras, the Roman god, um, that 
became the whole religion of Mithraism. And he was said to be born on the 25th of December. And, you know, he's a sun god, etc., etc. And Christ is associated with the same story. And therefore the Christians or the Catholics decided to make Christ's birthday on the 25th of December, eight days before the calends of January. And that's it, you know, that's what we hear. And, and the, there was some congregation that got together in Constantinople in 300 and something AD and uh, decided that it was going to be the 25th of, of December. All right, and that's it, that's what we hear. And then we hear other stories and we hear like various stories about how Christ and Christmas got associated with this time on the 25th of December. Um, Mithras, the Roman uh, sun god, uh, is Sol Invictus. And this was probably influenced from the Zoroastrian deity or divinity Mithra, uh, which is Iranian or Iranian. Um, so the Romans didn't even, you know, have this god Mithras just appear out of nowhere. It was influenced from somewhere else. And Mithra is also a sun god, the Iranian uh, Mithra, that is. Um, but the whole Sol Invictus thing, that was an influence from Sir Syrian stuff. <laughs> so you've got all these influences that come from different places, you know, and they, they influence something in another culture and the story gets developed around it and it becomes a thing. All right. And then we have Christmas. So we had Sol Invictus. Um, it's associated with the Greek Helios and the Iranian Mithra um, and uh, Roman Mithras, etc, etc, etc. But it was on 25th December 274 that the Roman Emperor, Emperor Aurelian decided to, or, or actually succeeded in making Sol Invictus an official religion. And he chose 25th of December as this whole thing in order to try and shadow Christianity, uh, possibly overshadow it. Um, so at the time there was this kind of this, this power play between Mithraism and Christianity and all of these, all of these things and Sol Invictus and the flavor of the day eventually became Christianity. Uh, it was all just political moves. So, you know, why are we arguing so much about Chris Christmas was just, you know, taken or, or stolen or something from the pagans? It, it wasn't. It was just politics, for fuck's sakes. I mean, <laughs> it's got nothing to do with religion at the end of the day. It does, obviously. You know, Christmas was has now been associated with the birth of Christ and therefore it's celebrated every year as, as that. Um, but whether it's got to do with the actual solstice or not is quite debatable. Um, it really is. I mean, if I was born, if I was born on the 21st of December, um, would my birth be associated with 
the solstice. No, it's just my birthday, that's all. And solstice is another event that happens at the same time. Um, but there's mythology behind it. It's all about the sun god, uh, Mithra, Mithras, Helios, Sol Invictus, Jesus Christ. Um, they're all just, it's mythological stuff, which is associated with the sun god and the bringing back of the sun and things like that. So yes, it does have some associations with the winter solstice. But not you know we look at christmas nowadays it's not even anything it's really it's to a lot of people it's still a religious holiday it is still the birth of christmas and we celebrate and we have a mass for christ um or a eucharist for christ and but mostly it's just become commercialism uh, so should we take it away because it's not the winter solstice in in um in the southern hemisphere I don't think my niece um, or the toddlers and children of my friends and family would be very happy about that. And quite honestly, I enjoy to watch their faces on Christmas Day. I don't celebrate Christmas myself. I celebrate it with my family because they are Christian and they celebrate Christmas. Um, just because I, I no longer associate myself with Christmas doesn't mean I can't celebrate with my friends and family. Um, you know, if I kind of stood there and went, I am not celebrating this holiday because I am not a Christian, you are wrong, then what do you think they're going to do? They're going to come back and go, well, we're not going to celebrate your holidays either because you don't want to celebrate with us. You know, <laughs> it gets ridiculous. It gets absolutely freaking ridiculous. Um... So, I mean, we can even look at things like um, pagan holidays. Uh, a lot of pagans, especially in England, but across the world, celebrate Candlemas. They celebrate Rudmas. They celebrate Lamas. And I think Lamas, probably everybody knows. Um, these are Catholic holidays. So should we tell the pagans to stop, stop celebrating these these holidays um, they may be associated with particular pagan holidays but to say I celebrate Lamas should then rightly mean that you are Catholic and Christian because you are celebrating a holiday which is associated with those, those religions so you know let's tell all the pagans we've got to stop celebrating Lamas because <laughs> You see, do you see what I'm trying to get at? Who gives a fuck? It's just Christmas. It's someone's celebration once a year to celebrate a particular thing, whether that is just happiness and excitement and joy and putting on Christmas music and dressing up a Christmas tree. Bring some joy. Stop trying to take joy away from people. Because that's what we need. We need more joy in this world. We don't need all this fighting and this animosity and this disagreement and I'm right and you're wrong crap. Just let people have fun. Just let them celebrate. Let them have joy. And if, it, if it's a celebration for their particular faith, that it is, it is a Eucharist or a Mass for Christ, then let them have it. And maybe, maybe they will let us have our thing 
and they will celebrate with us. They will celebrate our holidays with us because we celebrate their holidays with them. It's a sharing. It's We've got too much of this freaking fighting the whole time. And quite honestly, I'm, I'm completely and utterly sick of it. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm having a bit of a rant today about this. I, I must say it's just happened. I mean, I've, I've been there. I did it myself early on. I was like, oh, the Christians stole our holidays from us. Um, if you actually go back into history, it was very much an integration. Um, yes, there were wars and there were fight, there was fighting and there was enslavement and all of that crap. And no, it's not just that one particular part in history. That's happened throughout history with different cultures and different countries and traditions and faiths and whatnot. It's not just that. We always seem to do is just focus on that one. Um, but it became an integration of of folklore and mythologies and things. And, you know, what we practice in Western mystery tradition or Western inner tradition is very much an integration of, in fact, it's, it's quite largely um, based in Middle Eastern uh, traditions. Um, I mean, if we look at the Hindu faith, the Hindu uh, religion and scriptures, the scriptures, the actual writings, the Rig Veda is really, it's Indo-European. Um, so it was an, an intermingling between, well, the Europeans came down, migrated down from Europe and started bringing their, their religion and their understanding, their faith and um, their gods and it all became integrated there was integrations that happened and you know then they went back out again and they came back in again and they went back out and over centuries these things developed um this happens all over it's not just in the christian faith it's just the only difficulty here is that the christian faith has been led in this direction of trying to become the ultimate religion and everybody has to see it their way or they're wrong and they're going to hell that's fine i mean i don't believe in their hell um they do so it creates fear and it's, it becomes a big huge big difficulty because parents become so afraid that their children are going to burn in hell it's just one faith it's one understanding. It's, it's one person that probably became a group of people that decided this was the, this was the way and this is what they're going to teach everybody. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just someone's faith. And the only way we can come to this tolerance of each other, and it's not even tolerance, it's an acceptance. It needs to be an acceptance. I mean, we don't just tolerate people. We have to accept them and they have to accept us. And then we can sit down and we can talk and we can share stories. They don't have to believe what we believe and we don't have to believe what they believe. It doesn't mean we can't sit down and freaking talk, you know, and celebrate together. I can celebrate somebody else's holiday. I don't have to follow that religion. I don't have to follow that faith. I can still celebrate it with them because I respect that person, because I understand them, 
that's their faith. They find happiness, they find solace, they find peace in that religion. If they don't, then they need to understand that, they need to realize it, and they need to move away from it because it's not good for them. But if they do, then I'm going to celebrate their happiness. I don't care what religion or tradition or path they're on, as long as they are finding happiness and joy and peace and they are getting, they are gaining something from it, then I'm going to celebrate that with them because they've found their, their path, they've found their way. Um, and if they don't want to celebrate with me, that's fine. You know, that's their decision. It's not mine. It's their decision. But it doesn't, it's not going to stop me from celebrating with them because I love them for who they are. They can hate me, hate my guts, doesn't mean I'm going to hate them back. That's my decision to make, not theirs. So, yeah, I suppose I could keep rambling and ranting on, but I'm not going to, so <laughs> I'm going to stop here. Um, I, think, I think you kind of get what I'm trying to get at what I'm trying to say you know it's just I'm just tired of all the the crap and the fighting and the misunderstandings and uh, the I'm right and you're wrong rubbish but anyway all right so no matter what you're celebrating I hope you have an absolutely fantastic time and you find much joy peace and happiness Welcome back to the Ask Lee segment. All right, as per usual, and I'm sure my regulars are tired of hearing me say this. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments to one of the Ask Lee videos, and I will include them on the list um, and include a do a video. All right. Um, so this week's question comes from Fat R Squirrel. Uh, it's a long one, so bear with me. Regarding servitors and thought forms, when creating a thought form, what are the common symptoms regarding its creation? Would being drained and tired, mentally speaking, be a sign? I assume it's a different kind of tiredness, more similar to being around draining people or having read for six hours straight, a mental form of tiredness that isn't dependent on your level of sleep. I'm assuming these are all signs pointing towards a thought form taking form. And if so, what are the steps you can take to bring in more energy? I only know of meditation, Qigong. All right, so I don't think the level of energy drainage um, is indicative of the formation of the servitor itself. Um, I think what you find is that the the actions you take during the creation are what uh, causes the drainage, the energy drainage, because it also depends on what method you use to actually transfer that energy. So it's a transference. You are taking energy from one spot and you are putting it into another spot and that forms into a body. Um, so it, it's transferring that energy and then forming it, directing it, uh, manipulating it into in a certain way, 
programming it in a certain way with a certain intent um, and it's that transference which which actually causes the drainage however as I said it depends on the method you use um, a lot of people will use their own personal power uh, which means that they will take energy from their own body and they will sort of concentrate it into a, into a particular spot but it's taking that energy and transferring it somewhere else um, some people will however uh, work with the elements so what you do is you pull in the power from outside you and then you you, you concentrate it and you direct it into that spot um, which isn't using your own personal power but at the same time depending on the method you're actually using to do that transference could be draining and it's not just mentally draining it can also be physically draining because if you are doing something which is which exerts you physically you know getting yourself into a trance through dance um, or breath work you know quite um, uh, forceful breath work you'll find that physically you become drained so it's not just a, a drain a, a mental um, energy drain um, now ways you can uh, aid this um, you know build the power again build the energy up again it really is um, you can go as simple as just eating and sleeping over time our energy comes back it's very similar to if you um, jogged somewhere and you came back and you are physically drained over time that energy builds up again so we've always got that energy build up um, and then release um, that, that takes place naturally and normally um, there are other things as you mentioned meditation and qigong there's breath work you can do you can do specific forms of breath work such as the breath of fire which circulates energy around the heavenly circuit um, Qigong is excellent, um, but at the same time, so is yoga, Falun Dafa, Tensegrity. Um, all of these things are movements and exercises which are aimed at working directly with energy flow and bringing that energy flow into our bodies and storing it. And um, it's about hunting power. Um, I've got an, I seem to do this at this time of year. I get heavily into Castaneda's works um, and in his uh, works in his writings he speaks about Don Juan teaching him the gate of power which you might want to actually uh, give a try so with the gate of power what you do is you bend your legs um, and you bend your your torso forward but your back still straight so you're not crouching over while bending forward just slightly uh, but you, your spine still straight and then you curl your you, you kind of have I can't really show you you've not got the full view here so you have your hands down by your sides obviously or sort of pushed pushed out with the elbows in um, but you curl your fingers up into your palms and then you point your thumb and your index finger out and you'll find this this actually creates some muscular tension over here and in, in the back of your hand over here and so you hold that position with both hands okay 
and you then you can either jog on the spot or you can just step on the spot um, but lift your legs up quite your knees up quite high and do that for a while and see if that actually brings power back or energy back really really quickly um, there's lots and lots of different methods you can use but it is about hunting power you can go into nature and you can hunt power there um, you know finding the the lines of energy that flow naturally through the land and and um, tapping into them um, and not just you know you're not going to go and drain them uh, you know, it's not the idea you you exist simultaneously with these with these energies with these power lines um, if you go out at night time and you do hunt power you'll probably find uh, things like the wind or a fog or something like that are indicative of power and you can you know, this can get a bit dangerous um, but if you do it right and you know what you're doing then you can you can uh, gain power from that um, or hunt the power so it really is there's really a lot a lot of different ways you can actually do this but the the easiest methods are things like qigong um you know if you if you use qigong and meditation just carry on using them you can obviously explore different methods but it's something you're used to and something you know works for you so you know when you need that energy boost when you need to regain your energy after a, a long and exert, exerting working um then you can use those methods which you are most used to um, but yeah it really is you do feel mentally drained because you are focusing um, actually sorry coming back to the gate of power when you're doing that also focus um, reminded me focus sort of directly in front of you down at the floor and don't let your peripheral vision uh, come in it's a it's a pointed focus uh, it's not a gaze which you engage your peripheral peripheral vision with um, and you just you stay focused on that spot um, don't let anything distract you uh, you may start to see shadows and things or dark figures and whatnot you can also um, use this when you're actually um, on a trail uh, walking in nature and things like that you can use this gate of power uh, which is very handy very useful um, and you can cover long distances very quickly with it you'll find that if you surrender to it uh, you can actually um, walk over terrain which is quite rough and just kind of go over it and you don't trip you don't fall um, you allow the power to actually guide you and take you uh, it's a very interesting technique but anyway anyway to servitors um, you do feel mentally drained because you are focused mentally at, but you also depending on as I said the method you're using you can get drained physically because you are exerting yourself physically um, but it again it, it really depends on what method you're using as well and if you are specifically working with your own personal power you'll probably find the drain is a lot more than if you were using an outside source and directing it into your body um, in fact if you are doing it that way it's a bit like um, I, I, I like to equate it with doing reiki 
you know, when we are doing Reiki, we are channeling energy through us. And I find that when I do that, because the energy is, is coming into me and then going out into the, the person, it's still coming through me and I get a, kind of a residual energy which stays behind. And after a, after a Reiki session, I'm energized. So I find a lot of the time when I do servitor work, um, and I don't often uh, do anything physical, it's more uh, focus, breath, um, and actual um, visualization and things like that. I do find that I, because I work with outside elements and, and such things, those things come into my body and I do feel quite energized after ritual. Um, if it is something which I am doing which has physical exertion, that's a different story. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that covers it. I should give you some ideas anyway. Right. So uh, if you've got any other questions, as always, remember to ask them in the comments, and I will get to them. All right. So have a great weekend. And I'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by, well, myself, Lee W. Johnson. To find out more about me, please visit my website at leewjohnson.com or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. If you like the video format, then subscribe to my YouTube channel, where I also host a live show every Friday with Rev Kai called The Black Hat Chat. It's just two witches chatting about traditional witchcraft and other topics. That's me for this week. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>